everybody. Grab your Bible, a pencil and a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Romans 8, verses 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all of these things, we are more than a conqueror through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers or height or depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, I am Dot's daughter, and every week we sit down together and we talk through biblical truths and scripture, and we are continuing through The Race Marked Out for Us, which is the book that my mom wrote, and we are talking about specifically the finish line and what actually happened at the end of this race, and it is pretty climactic, I will say that. And I won't give any spoilers, but it is worth listening to and joining in the conversation. But I will also say that we do talk a little bit about the Nashville shootings and what it looks like to be conquerors through Jesus and how we really can face anything in this life through him. And so we are really glad that you're here and we would love for you to pull up a chair and listen in. Kara, we're coming to the end of this race. Woo-hoo. No, but it's not the end. It's not the end. Nope. <laughs> Nothing can separate <laughs> us from the love of Christ. God is totally a never control. ending race. I know. Just kidding, I know. I've enjoyed it. But it has been a, like we said last week, it's been a rough one. Yeah, we think we were running the half a marathon all over again. Uh, It has been a marathon trying to get these episodes recorded. But, you know, I was thinking about last week, and it was really hard. For you who are going joining in on this conversation, you have no idea. (laughs) I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that in the middle of recording, my internet went out. And we had... No recording. Well, we had no ending to the recording. We and did not. I don't have know. An our our podcast engineer really created a miracle, and yep. it turned out okay. Yep. Hope everybody enjoyed it. And so the whole point that we were making last week was about the importance of being hydrated and drinking water in the race, and how that that you know is a great example or great metaphor of a of a believer uh, with. Uh, importance of the Holy Spirit and how that we're to drink from Him. We're to, you know, we have the Holy Spirit, as you pointed out, Kara, you know, and when you become a believer, we always have the Holy Spirit. But, you know, you can have a lot of things, as I had water on me uh, when I was running, but if I don't take advantage of that and I don't make a choice to drink what I have or receive or embrace what I have, uh, might as well not have it. It is so wild to think about the same spirit that raised Jesus from mm-hmm. the dead. Which we're about to have Easter, so yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so wild to me that His I mean, spirit we can't, is in us. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. same resurrection spirit is what is inside of us that empowers us to live the Christian life, like you always say. Yeah. It's just, it's a crazy, like, we can't wrap our mind around that. We are like sheep going to the slaughter. We are just dumb sheep. 
And without a shepherd, we don't know what we're doing. And, yeah. you know, you give your life to the Lord. And, you know, we talked about the woman at the well and like Jesus saying, if you knew, oh, if you knew who I am, you would ask and I would give to you. Yeah. Which, yeah, I feel like God had like watched the Israelites and was like, oh gosh, this is yeah. how it started. We yeah, got to end I, it different. You know, sometimes <laughs> I think, I think, Kara, I think, like, you know, no, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. I feel like sometimes they look at and each other. And I'm referring other. to the Israelites in the desert. Sorry, back, yeah. going back to the, yeah. But I think about Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father going, I mean, we made a choice to create these people. I mean, we, yeah, we you know, we, we can't blame anybody ourselves. but ourselves. Right. Even though we do blame uh, sin and our flesh, and He did not create us like that, but but He did redeem us, and but he we're chose born it. again. Yeah. We're born again. I know there's a verse in a song, and I can't remember. Actually, I was just listening to it a day or two ago, and it it was saying that of it was some line in the song that was basically like, "You didn't need us, but yet you chose us anyway," yeah. and I just. Love that. I do too. I love that because if he needs me, we're in trouble. Uh, uh, I'm in trouble. He's in trouble. We're all in trouble. And so I think Jesus being obedient to the Father and knowing that God so wanted a relationship with us that he was willing to send a son, which, you know, is amazing and what we're going about to celebrate. It's not just that Jesus came, but that he was God and that he proved he was God. And he did all that so that he could have a relationship with us. And, you know, in reading those verses and how does that connect with we're getting, you know, uh, in this race and I'm coming to the end and I was thinking, oh, Lord, I'm just not going to be able to do it. And, you know, and even though I would take a little bit of water and slush it out of my mouth, I, I just kept thinking, God, how, how much longer, how much longer? And, you know, sometimes I think we we live like that. We're like, you know, like, if I can just get through this. I mean, we just, you know, I live in Nashville, and we just had mm-hmm. the shootings a couple of days ago, the school shootings, which has been devastating. And, I mean, literally minutes from my house and so many. I mean, I just had a text this morning even from a friend who is has been, it's like we're, we're all— Nashville's such a small knit mm-hmm. community, so we're all one degree away, especially in the Christian, as Christians. But one of the moms of the deceased, mm-hmm. um, she just was asking for prayer for her because she's um, in her, her community. And anyway, can't even imagine. And I've thought about this, Kara, because their child, you know, was taken from them, and uh, God sent His Son. It was a choice, and that was that's where it's really, really hard. And I think. For us to even comprehend, and that's how much love He has for us, and that's one of the things of, of what I was reading in, in Romans eight was this, like you know, who could separate us from the love of Christ? Meaning, there's just nothing that could separate us from God loving us. And I know that, like you're saying right now, with what's going on in Nashville and the pain and the heartache and the unbearable situation that your friends are in, and being able to, you know, how do you move on? How do you now live with a new Way and you know we talked last week about we're one fall calling away. I was thinking that last night when I was you know getting mm-hmm. ready for bed. I was just thinking of I can barely even talk about it. Just thinking about the parents who are not putting their babies to sleep. Yeah, you know all of a sudden yeah. you know like I mean, it's just, just out of nowhere. Uh-huh. But anyway, and I'm just like the only yeah, and that's what it's like. There's I don't know how I don't think I don't think you can get I don't know how you can. If you can get through something like that well, without you know, I think, the Holy Spirit and the love of God. I think you get through it, Kara. I don't think you get over it. I think that God walks you through those moments. And 
but you, I don't think you ever get over it. I think you're changed forever. I think, right. you know, God want, will be there for them and love them. There are going to be a lot of questions that, that have no answers. And so, right. you know, I think, you know, it's where all of our faith is. And I think, you know, as I was running across the finish line, because for you uh, that are listening in and haven't read the book or haven't, you know, done the study, I do go across. I run that entire race without water, without training, and, and I ran it. No, that was the thing we said at the, we kind of referenced at the very mm-hmm. beginning or that first episode that we started talking about this. And Christy and I trained, and we're not like fast runners, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like we trained and we were doing like six minute miles, but, you know, we did train and you, we all have, for anyone who's familiar or not familiar, you have these trackers on your shoes or your Mm -hmm. ankles or, you know, whatever, depending on the race. And that lets you know when that person has crossed the finish line or like different mile markers or whatever. And Christy and I finished and I don't remember our time, but you were like, I don't know, 15 minutes behind us or something, Mm -hmm. like maybe 30 at the, I don't even think it was 30 minutes, but it was not that long. Mm -hmm. And we were like, how did how did that happen? Because we were thinking you were going to walk it. Mm-hmm. Well, you actually, you were thinking I was going to be swept up, not even be able to run it. And I knew I wasn't really, yeah, but picked up. But. Well, because we, our mentality was like, we're just doing this for fun. Like, it, like we didn't think it was a big deal if you did get sw- swept up, which is why yeah. Christy. Well, and I was not doing it for fun. My fun was going right. to be in that Floridian, the spa, and the Disney. Right. And you get a notice that I've crossed over. You start yeah. looking I for like me. It was yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You start looking for me and you cannot find me. Mm-mm. And no, we, and we're so, we're like, I mean, there's like a hundred thousand people. I mean, maybe not a hundred thousand, no, but thousands and thousands. thousands of people. Mm-hmm. So we weren't like worried necessarily at first, but all, but definitely like, we just thought you were lost. You know what I mean? Because we were going to meet at a certain place. Yeah. Right. And I wasn't answering my phone. You were trying to call. I remember it was on my it was dad's or Christie's phone? I can't remember. But I think, because I think dad answered the paramedic called. It was, mm-hmm. I think one of them was the last call that you had made, which I'm thinking it was probably dad's phone. But well, let me just say this before you start that. Okay. I had come across the line and I started spinning. I, I, I'd come across, I've got a picture of it of me coming across, and things started spinning. And I remember trying to grab hold. Of the fence, and when I grabbed hold of that fence, and this is very important, there was a woman standing there. I still see her face, and every time I talk about it, her face pops back in my mind and my memory. I looked at her, and the next thing I remember is someone saying, No heartbeat, no blood pressure, you know, no heartbeat, no pressure. And I'm thinking, I'm literally thinking, Yes, heartbeat, yes, heartbeat. <laughs> And, right, um, but you weren't conscious. Yeah. I was, yeah. And so I opened my eyes, and he says to me, "Do you know your name?" And because I'm, you know, pretty much crazy. Well, I mean, everybody's figured that out by now. Who would run a half marathon without training and drinking water and wondering why everybody's stretching? But anyway, so as I was waking up, and they're saying, "Do you know your name?" I'm, I literally thinking, "Well, yeah." I mean, I don't know a whole lot, but I do know my name. And, uh, and <laughs> did you say I, that, or did you just? I say was your thinking name? that. I was literally thinking that. Like, yeah, I know my name. And so I told my name. He said, "Do you know what you've done?" And I said, "Well, I think I ran a half marathon." So anyway, um, they take me to the ambulance, 
into the outlines. They start working on me. They've been working on me. And uh, I don't know if that lady uh, called 911. I don't know how they got there. Well, they're probably, I would assume, they're probably right there. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's one of the miracles of even, so hindsight, if you had have stopped, if you had to stop to go to the bathroom at whatever point later in the race, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously not at the beginning of the race, because you were so dehydrated, it was like once you stopped running, your body collapsed because of the dehydration. So if you had, if Just you take had a moment actually, here. Wait a minute. Pause, pause, pause. Just think the reason I would have stopped would have been to go into the porta potty. So I would be this lady halfway dead in the porta potty. <laughs> I can just see the news well, now. Cup of joy, lady. This write this down, lady is has fallen. You know she's died in the porty potty. So without thinking, I did not want to go to the porty potty. If you had stopped to walk, though, not even stop, stop. But if you had stopped to walk, they said that you would have collapsed. That's what well, they that's said. Probably that, true, but they did also say if you'd stopped, mm-hmm. right? Because of how dehydrated you were. That's right. And so the miracle that I'm. Mm-hmm. getting at is that if you had stopped anywhere along the race, I don't know that it would have ended like that because I would be I doing think, a recording. No, because the amount of time, you know, like someone would have had to call 911 to get an ambulance there, you know, like it would have taken a little bit longer, maybe not super long, but it would have been longer because at the, at the end of those kind of races, they do have, especially we're in Florida, it's mm-hmm. hot and it was a hot day. Like even people who did the full marathon ended mm-hmm. up in the hospital. Um, well, actually the two people in that hospital that I went in died that day. Yeah, from the race. Which mm-hmm. Why are we? Why are we running? Why are we doing this? Anyway, why are we thinking? Um, why are we doing these races? <laughs> <laughs> we hate ourselves. But anyway, I just think that's like the Lord going before you in that regard too, because I think there was paramedics, you know, right there, and I'm sure someone called them over, you know, whatever. But because all we know is that you had crossed the finish line, we could not get a hold of you. We didn't mm-hmm. know where you were, and then my dad gets a phone call from a paramedic saying, "But weren't you going from tent to tent to see if I was in the first aid?" Well, yeah, we were looking mm-hmm. for you, and yeah, but I don't, and maybe it's just my memory is skewed. I just remember standing there. And dad's holding one of the nieces. I don't remember which one was that age at that point, but one of Christy's girls. And then just, I just remember him being on the phone and us like frantically trying to get to our car to get to the hospital. But you didn't have a car. Remember oh, we did. Oh, that's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Howard did not get a car because we were just going to stay in this area and we were going to yeah. stay at that Floridian. <laughs> well, we got a taxi or something. I just remember like, I just remember the. F- the frenzy and the panic of trying to get out of the crowd, you know, like at this point, it's like we're all these people and we're just trying to push them out of the way, being like, you know, just trying to go and dad's yelling at Christy yeah. <laughs> yeah. saying, you know, you made her do this race. <laughs> She's like, I didn't want this to happen. I know. I know. It, it was now it we laugh about it. But. Yeah. but I will say yeah. this, I want to say this is that, you know, when I, you know, think back and, you know, it's, it is a miracle that I survived. And I guess, you know, it goes to show you God wasn't through with me yet. And, you know, we're saying, you know, that, you know, God had protected me and, and, you know, went before me. And if I had, you know, fallen or stopped, you know, along the road, they would, you know, let's just face it. I wasn't with a crowd when I'm was doing my little running. So I doubt there would no, be a you were with a crowd. Of, well, I mean, they were kind of ahead. Nobody's paying attention to me. 
uh, and I would have probably fallen, and it would have been hard to get someone to assess me. But you know, I paramedic think, or yeah, yeah, I think that as I look back over my Christian walk and my journey and my spiritual walk with the Lord, there have been many times I've collapsed on my face, and God has protected me. And I thought so many times that God has saved me from myself, and because if you know left to myself, I could probably do some serious damage. But, you know, over the years, Kara, I'm learning that God did, you know, He does save me from and protect me from myself. But what I've loved is that God really saved me for Him. And that is what is a beautiful thing to me. And reading those verses when He says, you know, for your sake, we're being killed all day. We're like sheep going to slaughter. But, you know, there were in terrible times, it was to the uh Romans uh, at the church in Rome, and of course, Romans wanted to step out Christianity, and they were really facing really some a lot of persecution. And and Paul writes like, no, 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 you know, we are more than conquerors. And I'm thinking, I'm not more than a conqueror, you know, Paul. I I've fallen flat on my face. I I just feel like I'm constantly you know, giving God opportunity to rescue me and protect me and guide me and and as I've looked right, over I, the years, and you know, and I think about that man that said, "Do you know your name?" and how that parallels with my my walk with the Lord is like, you know, I've always thought of myself as a sinner and saved by grace, yes, but that I couldn't do any better. I couldn't, you know, I just, you know, there's just some things I dealt with. I just always have to deal with. There's some weaknesses. There's some, you know, wounds that are just always being kicked, or there's some. You know, lies that I believe that find a hard time to ever really get the truth and really embrace that. And then I get up here and I see how the church was being persecuted and and all the things that they were struggling with. I mean, they were, you know, they weren't running a race that they chose not to drink water. They were running and and their race was to be faithful to the to the Messiah, the, to the truth that Jesus had come. And because of that, they were being persecuted. And Paul is saying, it doesn't matter what you face. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. And so we are never a conqueror in ourselves. And so when we you know, look at this and, you know, we can sit there and we can say all day long, like, um, you know, I'm more than this. I am more than a conqueror. If you leave out through Him who loved us, then you're just doing all that in your own strength. You well, it's are, just pride. It's yeah, just, yeah. It is. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I was talking last week about drinking from the water. And so often we dig our own wells, our own self-made wells, trying to figure out our own water, what we need to do. And those are the things it is. It's like, if you just renew your mind, if you just say all the right words, if you say positivity, if you just, you know, draw from the, you know, the spirit within, the, you know, from the world or, you know, from within, and you, you know, don't don't say those words, or if you say those words, and that's going to happen. It's so much of this humanistic way. It sounds good, and and there's some truth in it, but it's God's words that's powerful, not ours. I think it's important to always just ask God, the Holy Spirit, to show us to keep us in check of that, because I think like there are the obvious times where you know, like you're saying, but I think we do it way more than we realize. 
I don't know, like organizing a house, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I like, you might be so great, you know, at doing this or whatever. And, but it's like, well, God gifted you in that way. And it's, I don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we take, it's like, oh, I did this in my own strength or I did this. And it's like, always want the credit. Yes. Like, I think we, and maybe that's a stupid example, probably because it's on my mind because I need to organize my house. (laughs) But um, I don't know. I'm just thinking of like, I think there are these big moments where it's like, oh yeah, I totally can see that. But it's like, okay, wait, but where are the small moments where I'm doing Mm -hmm. that throughout the day? Or if it's like raising kids, or if it's like, I don't know, with your spouse, or I don't know, just these, these moments where it's like, where are we relying on our own strength, like we were saying last week, like where are we taking these moments to really ask the Holy Spirit, like, okay, help me to respond in this way. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know if I'm really I think it's sense. All, but. I think it's realizing, again, going back to, you know, the the topic of what we're talking about, do you know your name? I think it's either we're we're dependent upon who we are and who we think we are in our own flesh versus who we are in Christ. I think that's what I'm getting at. It's like, yeah, like, oh, I'm an org, you know, like I'm super organized. And it's like, okay, that's great. But that's not, you know, like we can, I say we, this is not my strength. So I mean, I guess I'm organized, but I don't, I don't take pride in that because (laughs) it's not my, not my forte. But, you know, like these things that we can so easily take pride in. And it doesn't mean we can't be proud of some strengths and qualities that the Lord has given us. But let's just go this way. Like a lot of people take a lot of, a lot of applause by the way they look. They're so beautiful. Yes. And who made them beautiful? They didn't. Right. Or the opposite, where it's like they're so down on themselves of thinking that they're not so beautiful. And then you have to say, well, who's who made the standard? Who who says what's beautiful right. and what's not? And, and again, you know, of course, Jesus looks on the inside. And I think that what we're what you're saying is that we have to stop sometimes and think about even if I do accomplish some things and I do some things that I feel like, oh, I'm really bent toward that way and I can do that well and you get the applause of everybody. You're so great. You have to stop back and go, well, who made me this way? Or how did, you mm-hmm. know, how did I, you say, well, I've just bent that way. Well, then that means somebody created you that way. So then you're saying there's a creator. And so I think that for me, a lot of times, we're just in the place now in the world about exalting mankind in, in, in whatever way. And so I think that what we have to stop and think is who is getting the glory here? Is it me or is it God? Is it, am I living to for myself or am I living for God? Which, again, we go back to the fact that we give our lives to the Lord. So we really, it's about His life and His glory. But I think for us— when I fell down and I fell flat on my face, what I want to say is it seemed like, oh my gosh, all of my choices, everything that I chose, I did. I chose not to drink water. I chose to sign up for that marathon. And I could sit there and think, oh my, you know, the consequences, yes, uh, was you know, of a lot of my choices, but the end result of the fact that my life was saved was God doing that. And so I wouldn't be sitting here today talking about this. I wouldn't have written a book when I wouldn't have really understand how the things that I've learned or wish I did know, you know, how that affects my spiritual walk as well as, you know, some of the things of just life. But what I want to say is this 
is that all of those things are a story. All of those things is God's story in this. And when you look at that and you look at no matter what's going on in our lives, whether it's the ups and the downs, it's the bad choices, it's the wrong choices, you know, paths that uh, we've taken, so often we think, well, God can't do anything with that. Like now that, you know, I've made those choices and here I am, you know, I did cross over, yay. But yet, look, I fell flat on my face. And what I really want to say, this probably sounds terrible, and I'm not applauding sin by any means, but the greatest lessons that I've learned have been the lessons that were my biggest mistakes. And I think that our greatest strength sometimes will come out of understanding and knowing and recognizing our greatest weakness. Now, you know, we know that Jesus has said, in your weakness, I'm made strong. But I Mm -hmm. think it, and I'm not saying that we should just say, well, I'm going to live any way I want to because I'm going to learn more about grace. I'm going to learn about myself more. (laughs) I'm not saying that. But for the person that's listening in, that have made a lot of mistakes. They feel like I've fallen on my face. I, you know, I, you know, there's no reason to get up and keep running. Now, you know, remember I didn't want to be picked up. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Remember the yeah. story? Like nobody was going to pick me up. That pride. Oh, they picked yeah. me up. They put me on a cot. They put me in the ambulance. They picked me up. Yeah. So the very thing that I did not right. want to happen. Yeah, it happened, yeah. and and it's that pride thing. And it was pretty embarrassing. Well, I guess so. And so as I, I mean, getting in there and got oxygen, the man was asking me if I know my name, saying there's no heartbeat. I mean, it wasn't my glorious time here. Yeah. 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 Now I know Um, what that woman's thinking. She probably thought, what in the world? But I'm just saying, I mean, when somebody has to say, do you know your name? I'm never running a race. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know your name? You know what you've done? You know, and I think sometimes she's like, do you know who you are? Do you know what you've done? And okay, let's re, let's do that. But then look what I've done for you, and I've given you a new name and a new thing. One of my favorite verses is it's in Micah, Micah seven. I think it's six through seven. But it's basically saying, "I may have fallen, but I will rise." Basically, mm-hmm. I'm summarizing. But it's basically like I, it's like speaking toward yes, my enemy, I may be down, but my God will lift me up. Mm-hmm. My God will, you know make things right, basically. I don't don't know it verbatim, but it is one of my favorite verses when I'm struggling in that way or feeling like whether it's a mess up or feeling like I'm in a season of, you know, depression or a season of, I don't know, whatever is when I feel like I'm down or I feel like I'm in Mm -hmm. darkness or feel like I'm fighting darkness or whatever it may be. Um, It's one of my favorites because it reminds me like, okay, yeah, like I might be, I may be down. I may Mm -hmm. be in a pit. I may be in darkness or whatever, but my God is going to lead me out. My Mm -hmm. God will vindicate me. That's what it is. That's what it also says is like, it's not just that my God will lift me up. It will, it's my God will vindicate me. Mm -hmm. He will, he will show himself true to who he Mm -hmm. is through me. And I think that's like kind of, it's it's not a, about yeah. us, and it's so hard because I do. I think that whole like through him, like that's the biggest. Mm-hmm. Like that's we're conquerors through him. We will get up through him. We will not just get through this, but we will cross the finish line mm-hmm. with him and keep and keep going on, keep living. Yeah. We are going to keep living if you know. And it's 
I think it, I, I love what you're saying is because it's like God is going to, he's going to take care of his own. He's going to, you know, we may feel like we've fallen. We may feel like we're not worthy of him picking us up and vindicating ourselves. But I love those verses in Romans 8 where it says nothing's going to separate us. And it goes back to our identity being in him. Like even mm-hmm. if we don't feel worthy, it doesn't doesn't really matter. I mean, I don't mean it doesn't matter. I just mean it doesn't change who we are. We are his. We are through, you know, like mm-hmm. we, our identity is we are a child of God. Yeah. And, and that is the most nothing important. will change that, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, like what's Romans 8 is saying is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's literally the worst like you made the worst decision you never mm-hmm. thought you would make in your life or whatever, or if it was something that was done to you, like these families going mm-hmm. through, you know, losing their child in the Nashville shooting, like whatever it may be, you're still a child of God and mm-hmm. he will take, you know, he will vindicate you. He will lift you up. He will, you know, you're never too far gone. Yeah, You know, you, the, there was a pastor's child and I know, you know, you know, that family and stuff that, lost their child, and the pastor made a statement that, uh, as heartbroken as they are, that they know that she is in the arms of Jesus. And I mm-hmm. think that if you didn't have that hope, and you just thought they were gone, and you thought you're never going to see them again, you couldn't live there. I, I, you'd have to be on drugs. I mean, there's just no way. Yeah, like that family specifically, she was the youngest of four Mm-hmm. And she has three older brothers. And I was thinking like, I bet, I don't mean, who knows? I don't know this for sure. So I'm not trying to project, but I'm like, I bet they were so excited to have a little girl. You know, they had three mm-hmm. boys and then they get this little girl. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, this obviously happens. But when I was at the school yesterday, I would, that's what I just kept thinking. I was like, they are being held right now. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just felt it with every ounce of my being that they, even the adults, you know, like I, yeah. I don't know their salvation, but I just had this like peace on behalf of them, not on behalf of them. That sounds stupid, but I just had this peace of like, they're being held by Jesus mm-hmm. right now. Like oh, we absolutely. are all they had mourning and if, mm-hmm. you know, there's grief and I'm mm-hmm. at, you know. Cause that's what he does. People, right. And I just was like, I knew, I don't know. Just, I felt like all, I just knew all six of them were being held mm-hmm. by, you know, Kara, Romans eight, the 38 says, for I'm sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present to come, or powers, including evil powers, um, or death, or death, you know, height, anything in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. And I think that God's love and His grace and His mercy and His power is what pushes us through that finish line that keeps us moving, keeps us running, keeps us living in the in the life that God has asked us to do. They did not ask this. They did not want this. No one would want this. This is not even God's will that this would happen. No. But that little girl's life will live forever in the hearts of many people. Mm-hmm. All six of them, I think. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. will live forever. So they didn't take her life they took her from this world and mm-hmm. god has her life and i think that when we sit back and we think about me running this race there's no reason that i should not have died but for whatever reason god says you're not i'm not done with you here and it's hard to believe and think about this little girl that's nine i have seen many nine-year-olds and younger 
uh, life be ended, the race be over, mm-hmm. and their impact mm-hmm. forever in the hearts of the people that are left here. It, it, mm-hmm. I've seen it over and over. Sometimes their death has made a more of an impact than their little lives. And so yeah. let me just say this. I am not applauding, nor am I asking God to take one of my children. I, I do not hear me say that. No. I'm just saying that what I know truth to be about Scripture and what I know is truth about God is that God doesn't tell us how long we're going to live. But God has created us for a purpose and a plan. Mm -hmm. And God has not promised that everyone will live to be 80, 90 years old. But Mm -hmm. whatever life we have, whatever life we have to live right this day, this moment today, can make an impact for eternity. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what's on my mind. Yeah, I was just thinking... You know, like if something were to happen to you, like this is, you know, mm-hmm. it's easier. Not that we're saying like, oh, it's as easy to like live out. Just saying as it, like that's where the hope is. The hope is that this isn't the end of our race, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, if something were to happen to you, like I would, I mean, I joke yeah. all the time. Like if you go, I go. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I don't know that I fully am like joking when I say that. But, but I can't, like, I, I fight that fear a lot if mm-hmm. something happened to you, you and dad, and it can be paralyzing. So I can only imagine mm-hmm. parents with kids, mm-hmm. especially after something like this, you know, the paralyzing fear. I know a couple of them had that yesterday, dropping their kids off at mm-hmm. school. But I feel like something that you tell me often is if or when that time comes where mm-hmm. you have to mourn the loss of, someone that you love God will give you the grace in that moment and he's like I don't have the grace to deal with your death right now because you don't I don't have to and so Mm -hmm. I can't I don't know how you know it's just one of those things where and it does help a little bit (laughs) can't say it helps a ton but it does help because it feels like it would be like it would you know take Mm -hmm. me in I'm like I don't know that how I could go through my day but I I just have to remember of like I don't have to face that right now right you know, you cannot live a day that you've not been given. And so you can't try to face and try to live what you would do if something were to happen if you haven't had that day. And so I do want to end, end on this. I think that the bottom line is God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And we're all in a race. We're set in a race. We're running. We never know really what the outcome is going to be. We don't know what's going to be around the corner. We're just going to have to trust God in doing this. And I think that God wants us to just keep our eyes on Him. And I love Hebrews, you know, uh, twelve, where it says Jesus ran His race and He sat down at the hand of the Father. And it says, looking to Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, that went to the cross died and sat down at the right hand of the Father. So because of Him, because of Jesus, we have Jesus, we have His Spirit within us. Because of Jesus, not only does He say we just live in this life, He says you're more than a conqueror. And who we are in Christ, because we're His child, we have hope. And I want to say this, I was thinking when you were talking, was it Mark Le- uh, Lavisco, or he lost his daughter. Oh uh, yeah, I can't remember his name. But one of the things he said was, "Every day he lives is one day closer to seeing her again." 
Instead mm-hmm. of looking at it as every day I live is one more day I don't have them. Mm-hmm. And, and what God had given him and what God has given him the grace to handle losing his daughter was to say, every day I live, this means one more day closer to see her again. And I think when I lost my parents, you know, it was so devastating and, you know, so hard. And if you'd have told me that day or the days that I'd be, you know, changing my dad's diaper or holding mm-hmm. him when my mom, when she died or, you know, all those things, I said, you're crazy. What I've said before, God will give you the grace to handle it when you need to do it. Right. But for me now, I think every day I live is just one more day closer till I see them. And that's our hope. And that's what makes us be able to be more than a conqueror because we're not thinking about this world. We're not thinking about what we're dealing with or what we're fighting against. But we're thinking about who's fighting for us, who's empowering us, and who has asked us not to just run our race, but to run with Him and because of Him and for Him. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.